welcome to Manly Movies, where guys get together to shoot the breeze and talk about our favorite movies and the lessons they teach us about being a man. Just a quick intro, as always, I'm JB. I'm a husband, father of two, a son, and a brother. I'm not an expert on any of those things, but I do the best that I can. I have a passion for film and a passion for discipleship, so why not mix the two? Movies can teach us a lot about life, and that's what we want to dive into, so let's get started. Joining me is our third-time guest, Mr. Don Shanahan. What's going on, brother? JB, thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are doing a special episode today called The Manliest Movies of 2022. So I tapped on a professional film critic to come on here because I'm sure he's seen a lot more than we have as far as new movies go. Because I think I'm at about 77 for last year. I'm at a buck 25, maybe a few more than that. Yeah, I'm doing all right. That's about where I figured you would be somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's people who have me beat, though. There's people who hit 200, and they're nuts, and I I don't have that kind of time. (laughs) That's a lot of movies, man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A lot of new movies, you know, like current tip of the spear stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot. I think my biggest is 2019. I think I've met about 130 on that. That's like the most I've ever seen of any year because that year I will I went to the movies all the time. Sure. No. When I, I like I if, I if I use Letterbox, um, it, apparently 1997 is my year where like that's the most year of movies I've seen. But that's more, you know, I was senior in high school, freshman in college. Like, yeah, that's probably a in theater twice every weekend nerdiness, and then everything you've seen since 1997 that you've cataloged and built up versus new new. So, oh yeah, I, that sounds about. Yeah, for me, it was when I had the AMC A-list back, back in 2019, and I was just going to see whatever I can when I could. So, Oh, don't blame me there. Good, yeah. Good times. But yeah, we're talking about 2022, but before we do, why don't you share what you've been watching the last few weeks or so? Is yeah. Anything that you have uh, could recommend to the audience? Sure. I'll do two classics and two new ones. Um, For the two classics, I admit I'm not a big horror guy. I don't know if I've brought that up on your show in any kind of capacity, but I'm just a big wuss when it comes to that stuff. It's just <laughs> not like whatever you want to call it, cups of tea. I should do better at that and stuff like that. But um, there, because of that, I definitely have my fair share of blind spots when it comes to great horror. So um, my podcast partner, Will Johnson, shout out to Will Johnson of the Cinephile His Fit, Fit Podcast. Um, he's a big John Carpenter fan, and I and for the, uh, I've been able to dip into Carpenter stuff like Starman, stuff a little softer than the hard stuff. And um, I had some free time where I watched The Thing from '82 and the original Halloween, two things I had never seen before, and blew my mind. Fantastic movies. I can uh, The Thing, especially immediate five star classic. Couldn't believe what I saw. Um, just in terms of like isolated thriller ensemble cast, the the uh, body horror and the special effects when you realize what they can do with practical effects in 82 and how the, just the, uh, the the atmosphere what they created the the scariness what they created in the the effectiveness of it all led by russell as a center you know trying to be a constant but also kind of you know you still have a very bleak thing going on there just super impressed by the thing easily one of the one of the best things I've ever seen. halloween for me the crazy thing is i i admit seeing it the first time i have to be that guy who has probably seen the way it's been a you know a thousand ways since its originalness. So I'm a pretty good guy about putting blinders on and and you know narrowing in on a movie and what it is and tra- and I'm really good about separating expectations. I'm really good about separating comparisons. I do my best when I write never to compare a movie to another movie like oh it's this year's blank this year's that or you know I just try, I really try to compartmentalize so I can watch Halloween see the thousand things that have been a since Halloween you know scream and all the different slasher flicks but if i could st- step back and go ooh, 
the thing that I'm thinking is familiar is the first time they ever did it and respect it from there. Like, you know, creeping through a shadow, a, a, a stoic figure, the the Jimmy Lee Curtis final girl thing, like all of those layers and pieces and elements that makes that movie unique and a first time thing. I'm able to, I, I it probably would have hit me harder had I not seen a thousand pretenders since, but I, I totally get the greatness that came from there and, and just the brilliance of how that came out of nowhere as a true indie, huge cult classic. For sure, man. I, I first time I watched that was twenty twenty one, I think, Hall- the ha- Halloween of that year, and I was kind of with you. Like it didn't really do much for me, even though I always try to be like, but like you said, put the blinders on. Yeah, um, that that happens. Like that happened whenever my wife and I watched The Godfather for the first time, mm. and she was like, "I don't really get, you know, why this was such a big deal." And I was like, "Because you've seen The Departed, you've seen Goodfellas, you've seen, <laughs> I mean, like mm-hmm. this is." This is the first time anything like this has ever hit the big screen. So I tried to do the same thing, but it just, and I can respect a lot of the artistry in it, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't do a whole lot for me, but the thing absolutely, absolutely did. I watched that a mm-hmm. few years ago for the first time and that movie was incredible. <laughs> it's just stuff that they were able to do. Yeah. And man, I'm always a fan of Kurt Russell, man. Everything he does is just. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Any, uh-huh. Anyone but him in that role, I'm probably bored to tears or I'm not, I'm not leaning a little closer, but the fact that it's, you know just hero mode Kurt Russell, but also kind of a-hole mode Kurt Russell, you know, like, you know, he's a tough guy in that movie. And I really appreciate that. Like, uh, I think it's, you know, it's early enough Kurt Russell that he hasn't turned into almost the character of what he is. Like when you watch Kurt Russell now, or take, take like Kurt Russell from like death group, where it's just all the Kurt Russell-y things to be Kurt Russell and like (laughs) swagger and a cigarette and the hair and like the the low lines, the gravelly voice, like doing it, seeing him do it in his purest original form works just great uh the other two movies i've seen that i could drop your way um these probably come across as like new release recommendations that aren't even out yet but i'll i'll name drop them here i watched apple and a24's newest collaboration it comes out in a week february 17th a a con man thriller called sharper and it has julianne moore uh sebastian stan brianna middleton uh justice smith it's um kind of a uh a con man story of like kind of burrowing into a family of a billionaire family and the kind of their heirs and seeing what they can kind of do to kind of maybe get themselves in enough to kind of be on the list of inheritance and things like that, but also kind of mess with rich people and take what they can get kind of a, you know, realizing now in 2023, it feels like a a nineties movie without kind of the nineties cheese where it's one of those original non IP stories you wouldn't see really get made nowadays or get, get much theater play, but a movie I definitely appreciate good, good performances and stuff. I mean, I'll watch Julian Moore do anything. Sebastian Stam's kind of a, you know, between this and the movie like Fresh last year, he's, you know, he's doing what he can to kind of shed that Marvel hero-ness and like show that he can kind of be a CDSOB when he needs to. And it's a, another one of those kind of parts. And um, not a bad little movie. Uh, it'll be on Apple TV Plus in a week or two. And then um, this one's a really deep cut. And uh, if you like political thrillers, there's a movie called 88. And how do I describe this movie? Uh, Orlando Jones, of all actors, the old 7-Up guy. You know, uh, he, you know, comedic actor, normally 10 times out of 10. He plays the second black candidate for president. It's like a not too distant future 2024 election situation. And he's this kind of candidate for president. And it follows the people who run the super PAC who look for donations to support that president. And there's an accountant there that starts to kind of follow the money and kind of see that all these donations that are coming in are not quite not quite on the up and up. Even to the point that this candidate maybe is possibly a plant done by neo-Nazis. A black male president candidate as a plant of neo-Nazis. Now, if that's not a premise that turns ahead, 
for a political thriller of today's means and things. That was pretty cool. I don't know if they quite land the plane all the way in terms of being like a holy cow, all the president's men kind of level kind of thing. But uh, an intriguing little 97 minute, you know, sweet little movie. I think it'll hit the same thing. Uh, February 17th, it'll hit some of the VOD and small theater kind of things. But 88, nice, nice little movie. Definitely have to check that out. That sounds very interesting. And in regards to the first one you mentioned, I, I will say I have liked the Apple A24 collaborations in recent years more than yeah. the other A24 movies. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like so, You're right. I've, Something about them a little, I don't want to say less weird and more square, but some of that kind of helps a little bit. Like, I mean, I'll take, you know, Tragedy of Macbeth over, yep. um, what's that green one that came out the, <laughs> the same year? Oh, Ask Aaron, Ask Aaron yeah. White and he'll tell you it's the Green Knight, uh, right? Green Knight, yeah. that's it. Yeah, Green Knight. Right. I'll, yeah, I'll, oh gosh. Give me Denzel over that anytime, anywhere. Like, gosh. But yeah, as, as far as me, man, I'm going to have to go through everything I've watched in the past couple months because I haven't recorded in a while and I want to oh, make sure I re- recommend. No, not everything, okay. but but okay. just the stuff that I want to recommend. Okay. A couple new ones here. I watched I see these. you. Hit, I see you hitting the 1950s. So I'm, I'm waiting for that segment of the show right here. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Honor Society is streaming on Paramount Plus. Cha-Cha Real Smooth is on Apple TV Plus and Emergency is on amazon prime those are all kind of like coming of age stories and they all just hit me hard when i watched them and i watched them all back to back to back towards the end of last year so those are some that i would highly recommend if you especially if you like coming of age movies and emergency has has a lot of good comedy in it too which i really enjoyed Uh, another new one that's more of a feel-good movie is jerry and marge go large Definitely worth checking that one out. I think that's on. Who's a, uh, that's Brian Cranston, and who's the female in there? Annette Bennett. Yes, that's yes. right. Annette Bennett. Yeah. Mm. Annette Bennett. Yeah. Annette Bennett. Yeah. They're like lottery winners who like try to like push the money in other places, right? Well, they he figured out an algorithm. There's a loophole in the lottery that they were like it's okay. a certain game lottery game that, that people play in that area, and mm-hmm. he figured out that there's a loophole that if you buy like ten thousand dollars worth of tickets, you're gonna win like. $16,000. So like okay. they just kept going in. Like if you it's a certain threshold you had to hit like over like $2,000 or something and the more okay. you buy in the more you win. So like they started like a company and had people investing in it. Like it was That's awesome. insane, man. Like <laughs> and hey. And and then these kids at Harvard did the exact same thing and so there's kind of like competing against each other. So yeah, it's 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 pretty cool and it's it's a good like they're retirees like they're I think he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah. He wasn't a teacher. He was he he was like a a business financial yeah. guy or whatever. We can't have Cranston going into life of crime after being a teacher twice, right? Come on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but it was cool though. Um, and a couple of Mel Gibson movies I watched at the beginning of the year that I'd never seen before is 1996's Ransom, mm. and yes, mm-hmm. and twenty and twenty sixteen Hacksaw Ridge, which is not a okay. Direct Mel Gibson directed movie. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those Ransom Man that hit me as a dad, like just oh, watching. Absolutely good night, man. Yeah, oh. that's a hard one for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh man, that's a yeah torturous movie in '96. Like you know, the, again those '90s movies they don't make anymore. And uh, yeah, what a, what a oh just a good one. And Ron Howard <laughs> slinging on that yeah. one, like probably one of the hard. I, I don't want to say hard, quote unquote, but like one of the tougher things Ron Howard's really ever done. So I, 
tip my hat to that one a lot. They get away with a lot in a PG-13 movie, for sure. Uh, I think it was R, actually. Ooh, good. Yeah. Okay. Three. I, I believe it was, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember how did, watching it. How did, how did Hacksaw Bridge go for you? Oh, here, finish your thought on Ransom. I'm sorry, my bad. Oh, uh, well, I was going to say, I think I wrote in my review on Ransom that this was like a very different uh, Ron Howard movie. Like, it's just a lot more visceral than anything else he had ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I hear you there for sure. So what How you did Hacksaw Bridge about? go for you? I, dude, every single minute of it, man, I was just enthralled. Like, and, and it was... It was interesting because you never see anything like that, and and, and apparently it is a it is a real uh, like true it story. Is, it is a true embellished story. to all then, but yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, I, it's a, it he's loses a conscientious, me. huh? Yeah, I, he's a conscientious observer, which means a no violence guy takes his spot as a medic, I mm-hmm. believe, a searcher bear kind of more than anything, and thrust into a place of survival. And no, I I, I admire the dude's efforts and um. I know when I wrote my review, um, I cited his because he got the Congressional Medal of Honor, if I if I remember correctly, or a huge citation on that level. And um, obviously the the language of the official citation tells you know the the layers of his story in a very you know succinct, small you know paragraph and a half kind of way. And I'm like, you read that, and you're like, damn, that'd be a hell of a movie. And then Mel Gibson shows up, and we got to waste what ninety minutes of time on Hasty Love Story and you know, full metal jacket wannabe boot camp stuff with Vince Vaughn. I was like, oh, come on, just take me to the good stuff. So I I could take or leave that movie, honestly. And Garfield with an awful hayseed accent. It, it's, uh, it's, I admire what it did, but it's a rough watch for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, to me, it was more like, you know, technically I could, I could pick it apart probably, but um, it just emotionally it hit me uh the the drama was good for me yeah um okay yeah and then i watched for the first time aaron brockovich which that was that was wonderful yeah Uh, i'm a big soderbergh fan i don't know why i've never seen that before Uh, i need to catch up on more of his stuff um dipping into the 50s you mentioned um well close 1948 it's uh henry hathaway's called north side 777 it's uh, a film noir with Jimmy Stewart, and that movie was nails, man. Like it was one of the best. And and here's the thing: when I first watched this, I said, you know, just when I thought I have seen the best of Jimmy Stewart characters, mm-hmm. I watched this movie, and he's right up there with all the the, you know, yeah, George Bailey's and the Mr. Smiths, and you know all. All the great iconic roles he's ever done. This right up there is right up there with those. I mean, it's it's a good one. You should check it out. It's um, I, I have a, not seen it, so it's going on the list for sure. Definitely check that out. Uh, it's not streaming anymore, but it was on the Criterion uh, Channel. Maybe it'll show up somewhere, HBO Max or something, some, somewhere along the lines. Um, and then this one you'll like. It's uh, from your boy Michael Curtiz. Uh, Nineteen fifty, the breaking point. Mm, I've not and seen that one. It's got uh, John Garfield, Patricia Neal, like a lot of you know classic actors. Um, man, it <laughs> it's about this guy who gets in trouble with like who has money problem. He's a fisherman, and and his kind of the his job is kind of he's having issues, and he ends up 
getting mixed up with these people who want to use his boat for some you know illegal activities mm. and he turns the blind eye and says just pay me this much and i'll take you wherever you want to go um so it's just basically him trying to you know run from these people and the law because at the end of this they're wanting to kill him because he's a witness right so mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a good one, man. Um, it's kind of like I, 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 what I called it was a 1950s version of Breaking Bad. <laughs> okay, okay. And it definitely hits me in all the right spots because that's my all-time favorite show. So I've heard you speak very highly of that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound terrible. I've never watched an episode of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Guilty, think, guilty as charged. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think Aaron turn, has either. No, nah, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I it's one of those like I if Aaron and I haven't, it's because we're married to the movies. You know, we're yeah. kind of stuck there. We're, there's an all he's that guy who's got more disposable free time than me, so he picks up more shows and games than I'll ever get to in my life. So yeah, yeah, he watches a lot more shows than I do. So I don't know why he hasn't watched that yet. But anyway, yeah. Uh, another one that I watched. Um, this is a comedy special. Was nineteen? Was twenty eighteen? Adam Sandler, one hundred percent fresh. Have you oh, watched that? Okay. I think I no. Think, okay, I, I've didn't. seen old Sandler stuff, but not like his newest stand-up. I remember when this came out because it was a big deal, like him on the stage again. You know, like yeah, it, it's been been so long. Like I remember his old ninety two, ninety three comedy album stuff. You know, with the crank calls and all that. That that act. You know, um, but no, to see him, I've seen snippets. Like that, you know, that make the YouTube rounds from the yeah. special where he's really going out there and, you know, doing some of the rap, doing some music and the songs he used to do. And like he's that just I, I forget how talented he is when, <laughs> when he wants to try his paycheck. Say, you don't have to try anymore, Adam. Don't worry about it. Just do your shtick and we're good. So I'm happy he's challenging himself, like between hustle and uncut gems and even going back to comedy and showing his showing his age. And wise and shrewd side, yeah, I'm happy that real Adam Sandler's coming back. Agreed. And after watching that, he did several songs, and one song was one that he wrote about Chris Farley. And mm-hmm. and in the middle of it, he does this long guitar solo, like um, just like really shreds, you know. And mm-hmm. so when I finished watching this, I was like, man, this might be the most talented man in show business. I. Yeah, as far as acting and, you, and, you and never comedy and musicianship yeah. and writing, like this dude is a freaking genius, man. And you would, like you said, you would never know it if you watched no. Billy Madison. Like, oh, no, <laughs> it, 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 name it. You could throw a dartboard on any film, and unless you land on Triple Twenty, that is called Uncut Gems, and maybe over there Punch Drunk Love, you don't see him acting. You you yeah. just see put put on characters, and mm-hmm. some of that works. In small doses, it worked great on sketch comedy on Saturday Night Live. It worked in in small doses in the movies that he did. But now that he's you know fifty something years old, he can't he can't do the man child thing anymore. And I'm glad he's moving off of that where he can. Mm-hmm. It's a struggle because he's still yeah. doing dumb stuff, but he but he can. Uh huh. And one more, I watched one documentary. This is the first 2023 movie that I've seen. Ooh, it's um. On, it's streaming on Showtime. It's the movie. It's Stand um, about um, Chris Jackson slash Mahmoud Abdul Abdul Rahi, Rahouf. I can't even say the name. 
Um, I just remember him as Chris, Chris Jackson because I started watching him when he was in college. He was uh, played at LSU with Shaq. Mm, I remember um, now. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, he you know converted to Islam and changed his name to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, and he had this the issue where he was protesting the now he wasn't necessarily protesting the national anthem. He just wasn't standing like he was. Mm-hmm. He was just stay in his seat and he would just wouldn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Um. But but then people started seeing it, and I, I remember when this happened. This is like ninety eight, I think. I, I yeah, remember, but a long time before Colin Kaepernick. Uh-huh. Long time before Colin, and this dude was in yeah. his prime. It wasn't Colin oh, Kaepernick, yeah. you know, like being a, a, yeah. a second string quarterback and on his way out the door. No, this right. guy was like in his prime, one of the top five to ten NBA players. <laughs> this right, is legit. So, man, it, to see his story. Because it went all the way back when he grew up in Mississippi and the racism that he experienced down mm. there, and and then going to college and and then when he had to go play against Mississippi State, the 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 way the fans treated him there was just awful. Um, and just to see his story, his life, and what he went through, and then his conversion to to, to Islam, and you know what he went through with the media, man, like the guy, like had his career completely taken away from him just because of a religious view. Mm, <laughs> and it just, yeah. just blows my mind. Like, I know, man, and it would, how far have we not come? You know, that it happened <laughs> to him. Then it would, it would still happen to somebody. Now it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a hard part of life. Man. Yep. Yeah. That's, for that sure. sounds like a fascinating documentary. Yeah. It's worth a watch for sure. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I, as you say, I do watch a lot of movies, a lot of old. <laughs> you you got me beat, man. You got me beat. Oh uh, well. But I seriously, I super admire your work in, in in discovering older films because you come at them with you come at them into them and you come out of them with enthusiasm that is just contagious. I love watching. I love reading and watching what happens to you when you see some of these movies and especially in their movie. Nine, you know, plenty of times their movies I haven't seen either. I'm like, oh man, I just want to watch something for the first time, just like that. You know, like we all should have that excitement to see movies for the first time and like just as if they were the first time. You know, like I know with some of us getting our ruts and we rewatch the things we like, and we only we we kind of like just stay on a track to the things we like. But you go out there and find stuff, and it's I admire that, super admire that. I appreciate it, man. Hmm. Ah. <sighs> As I said, I have a passion for film. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. Uh, that that didn't come to me until later in life, but I'm glad it did. So, anyway, so to the the, the special part of the show, as we mentioned earlier, this is the manliest movies of 2022, and oh, it's man. awards it's award season. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a good time to do something like this. We can look yeah. back at. At 2022, and you know this is this is my award show, if right. you will, you know, quote unquote. I like it. Um, and and I got you on here because I know you've seen, like you said, at least 50 more than I have from 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we're gonna start with. Um, if you have any honorable mentions before we get to the 10, um, that just, just didn't make the cut. I'll save them to the end because maybe my honorable mentions are on your list and maybe your honorable mentions are on my list. I'll save it for the end. Okay. 
Well, I'll, I'll yeah. do the same then. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll wait okay. till then too. So yeah, let's let people get get to the good stuff. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, yeah, you start. What's your number ten? My number ten is a super readily available Netflix movie, and it's the Adam Project with Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo and uh, Zoe Saldana. And uh, you know, as a um, I, I one, I just really enjoyed the time travel adventure, simple reasonably family-friendly movie that you can kind of put on in front of your tween kids and have a great, you know, space-faring action-adventure kind of time. But at the same time, in the same vein, that movie goes really wonderfully well with dad feels and father and son dynamics. And, um, you know, I just, you don't expect that a lot of times out of, you know, out of Ryan Reynolds, out of Mark Ruffalo. And um, I love just different scenes. I, I think a scene that stands out to me, I don't know if you've seen the movie, is, um, um, but like, uh, when Ryan Reynolds is in the bar and his mom walks in, it's Jennifer Garner and obviously he's gone back in time. So it's, you know, it's his, it's his younger mother. He's his adult self. Then they have just kind of a, a Frank, you know, person you meet at the bar conversation, not, not a hit on conversation by any means, but just kind of a, oh yeah, feel you, you know, kid, boys, you know, like just the, and he can kind of see, you know, without him there, like without himself there, you know, just where his mom was at. You know, and then obviously there's dad feels that come along the way with Ruffalo, who, you know, is spoiler alert, isn't in the picture in the pre in the in this man's present day. And um yeah, just um I liked I liked the dad layers that came with that movie, that uh, what it means to be a son, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a man. I liked that out of a Netflix zany movie, you got that out of it. That that is a good movie, and I, I appreciate that. It didn't make my list, but I I do I did love that one. That's a good one. I, I like Ryan Reynolds too. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So you went with a, a Netflix dad movie, so I'm going to go with the Netflix dad movie. Um, did not plan this, but my number ten is um, not not quite liked as as a lot of people is, but this is my show, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna throw it out there is uh, Happy Madison's Home Team with Kevin James. I don't know this one. Okay. Ooh, oh, the uh, Sean Payton one. Sean Payton movie, yep. Okay. So, yeah, Kevin James plays Sean Payton. Uh, Taylor Lautner's in it. He's a um, you know, peewee football coach. And Rob Schneider's in it. It's got you know all the usual suspects of Adam Sandler movies. Um, Lavelle Crawford's on it, which is you know different. <laughs> He's funny. Um, but it's got your usual happy Madison dick and fart jokes in it, but it's also got a lot of feels, man. Like, it, because this is a guy who we know the story. Most people know the story that, you know, he gets kicked out of the NFL because he was, um, <laughs> telling his players to injure other players, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was a huge scandal. And he was suspended for a certain period of time. And in the meantime, he, um, I don't know, I don't remember how it happened, but he ended up helping to coach his son's peewee football team. Um, and Taylor Lautner was the coach, but he came in as like an advisor or whatever. He ended up being more of the coach than anything and taking it over. But you kind of see the turn on him going from, I'm just doing this to pass the time. And until I get my big break back and go back to the NFL and he didn't at first, he wasn't really, you know, into it, into the time that he was spending with his son. But then 
as the movie progresses, you see, you see the turn, uh, you see the dad come out and Mm -hmm. his relationship, you know, gets closer and closer with his son. And you you realize that he just had this strange relationship for so many years because he was married to his job at the NFL. And, yeah, it's it's a good one, man. As a dad, it really hits me in the feels. I, I don't care. I remember I listened to uh, Cinematic Underdogs and and uh-huh. Paul Paul Keelan just ripped into this movie. And I texted, or I uh, messaged him like after I listened to it, I was like, "Man, you should have had me on for that, dude, because I would have put you on y'all's place real quick." I <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't listen to that episode, but I imagine Paul probably wasn't probably thought that you're sugarcoating a scandal, right? To like make Sean Payton a cute hero in his own movie. Is that where yeah. Paul was coming from? I admit I would side with Paul. It'd be a hard, it'd be hard to separate that and still have fun in a movie. I admit that, but I mean, I'll give it a chance. Kevin James is affable enough. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's a funny dude and it's, and it's, yeah. it's, it's good. I mean, it made me laugh and it was funnier than most of the recent happy Madison movies that have come out. I mean, there've been, that's a- true. I, mean, I I can probably count on one hand how many of them in the last 10 years that have actually been funny. <laughs> this yeah. is one of them. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. No, number nine. Uh, number nine for me is an animated movie. Um, is it the only animated movie on the list? It's the only animated movie on my list. Um, I have Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Nice. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I just, um, you know, you can't, I mean, I know it's animated. I know it's a cat. But you can't get more manly than the swagger that is Antonio Banderas playing Puss in Boots, you know? And just the way that that guy, that character, carries himself to be the most macho, manly, desirable, you know, adventurous, perfect, you know, undefeatable thing that he is. To watch him go through a movie of existential crisis because he's out of lives as a cat, you know? And, Hmm. like, to look at mortality in the face. And how often do you get that in a kid's movie kind of framed in this kind of way of like if you could get a wish to get that back would you and how do you address that how do you go about that how do you how would a and then here you have like the big bad wolf you know pursuing him as death you know grim reaper level kind of you know presence and man i i i of unexpected places of unexpected feels is something like puss and boots the last wish where you know the the um the eight yeah like i said the the aged feels of you know, I don't want to say midlife crisis because you know he's a cartoon; he can live forever, I'm sure. But um, or nine life crisis if we're going for a cat level kind of stuff. But I just appreciated how they deconstructed your typical manly hero because in what in another era and way, Puss in Boots would just be another Pepe Le Pew. You know, he'd just be a horn dog cat who would be all over this, all over that, have a sword instead of you know the skunk of perfume from Looney Tunes, and he'd just be he'd be over the top. But the fact that they kind of brought him down to a place of um, just I don't know, just uh, honor, respect, and whatnot. I just I was impressed, very impressed. Yeah, that's one I haven't seen, and I've got a lot of catching up to do before I watch it because I've only seen the first two Shrek movies, and I really kind of want to go through the whole series before I get to sure. this one. Yeah, um, the solo movie, the the Puss in Boots solo movie, is completely worth your time. Fantastic adventure. You need that more than anything to understand. I mean, I don't know if you need it, but like the Salma Hayek love interest in the first one comes mm-hmm. back in the new one and you need that. So. Yeah. I'll definitely check those out. I've, I've, I've been meaning to do it. All right. My number two is also an unexpected one that I did not expect to make. Whoa, this are list. you going, are you going 10 to one or sorry, one? Sorry. Down to sorry. Two? Nine. Number nine. nine. Excuse okay. Me, excuse me. Number I don't nine, want to jump you. up in ranks yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. My Check. bad. My bad. I mean, 
I meant to say nine. Yeah. Um, gotcha. But this is also a, an unexpected uh, movie that I would have not expected to see on a list like this. Had I not watched it and started looking at my list from 2022, I was like, man, that's, that's it right there. Um, it's a comedy special. Norm MacDonald, nothing Ooh. special. Okay. And nice it, it was released posthumously is a few mm-hmm. months after he died. And oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, and he recorded it during COVID when everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. And he did it on his computer with the microphone in his hand. Um, and it was just him, you know, doing his normal comedy routine with no audience. Mm-hmm. No, Hard to nobody. Do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hard to do. And nothing to feed off of, no laughs or anything, just talking to a computer screen. And watching that i realized and, and as i'm putting this list together i was like man that's a manly thing right there because he you could tell by the way he talked and in his voice that he didn't have a whole lot left to give mm-hmm. uh he right. didn't have a whole lot of years left in him and right. this was kind of his last hurrah giving his fans one last thing when nobody else could and when you when you couldn't do a step stand-up routine he mm-hmm. he wanted to give his his uh, fans one last thing. He wanted to go to work one last time, even if it's from his computer screen. I'm gonna do this to end my career. Put this on, let this get released on Netflix, and my fans can go watch it. And that was just like a goodbye to all of his yeah. everybody who's ever loved him and watched him over the years. And dude, man, that just <laughs> if that ain't manly, I don't know what is. Yeah, uh, I think he, um. I got to think every man wishes that like whatever we perceive our legacy to be as parents, as fathers, whatever career we're into, whatever interest we're into, you know, um, I think we would, I think if we knew we didn't have time left, we want to make our own goodbyes. Um, I know I feel that way with like, I, it's weird. Like I feel that way about like the film criticism thing that I do. Like, I know it's just a side hustle that I do and I'm a school teacher by day and all that. But like, I do really like, it is my most creative personal self, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I, I joke to my kids like, oh, someday this will all be yours and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> but I but I really do mean like I, I really take I really enjoy the chances I get to introduce my children to movies that I like. And my daughter's getting old enough. She's 10 now to start to understand like they've understood that daddy goes out and sees movies and stuff like that. And he writes about them. Um, but they but my daughter's starting to like find my reviews enough to read them and be like, wow, you really thought about that movie. I'm like, yeah, I did. I, I think about a lot of movies like that <laughs> daughter, you know? So I do someday, like, you know, just the shelf of movies. Like someday I wish, like if I ever knew I had like terminal cancer and I knew I didn't have time, I would, you know, I would quit my day job, live on my days. And I would just like record stuff like this to like introduce my kids to movies. I'll never get to introduce them to. Like that would be dad's legacy is all the things that he loved. I'd find a way to get that to my kids if I knew I didn't have time. And like, but if that's Norm's way of doing that, like just entertain my people one more time, get the feel of that stage, get, you know, go through the motions of my act. I, I completely respect that. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's exactly why I started this show. Um, it's just, as far as legacy goes, this is something that, you know, there are not enough good men out there. <laughs> and mm. I think we can all 
I think the Me Too movement has kind of put that out on the forefront for everyone to see. But I mean, I'd known it for yeah. years, and that's why I, that's why I wanted to have a son because um, I wanted to try to raise one. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Um, but that's why I started this show too, because you know we can all learn from each other, and hopefully somebody's listening to this who needs to hear it. You know, so yeah. As far as like you said, leaving a legacy. If if this, I, I'm with you. This is what I would want to do. You know, I'd I'd yeah. want to, I'd want to give to the next generation. So. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I, I'll find a way if I ever have to cross that bridge. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, number eight for me is um a movie I don't necessarily like complete it completely enjoy, but I respect for what it does as a manly movie. Is um it's an Oscar contender this year. It's the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, mm-hmm. With Colin Farrell and uh, and um, oh my gosh, why did my brain went blank? Um, Brendan Gleeson, and you have a little bit of Barry Keegan and Carrie and Carrie Condon in here. And um, to me, when I wrote my review, I said it's a it's a movie of male stubbornness, and I think that's the manly part I'm kind of onto with this. Is like you have all the bad traits about us, you know, mortif- encapsulated in a mortifying way in a movie. Because um, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Um, but uh, it's it's just a you know, it's just a dark I, mean, I hate to say dark comedy but it's a dark tale dark comedy of like two men who two men who are separated because one of them doesn't want to be friends anymore and the measures in which they go to to like no leave me the f alone um, but why <laughs> and and one 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 guy wants his peace the other guy doesn't understand why and it's the very extreme measures of which they either you know put consequences to that or to see that through um, or to did not understand it and um it to me it's a complete study of male stubbornness where yes it's extreme it's stupid it's ridiculous with the length that they go to to you know to to not be around each other with the the lengths one guy does where none of us would probably ever do that but the fact that it's kind of that microcosm of like what's the worst versions of what we are can we find a better version in there somewhere is there a way to make peace out of any of it can you or can't you bleak or not? Uh, I res- like I said, it's a movie I respect trying to go there. Uh, again, not a movie I'd ever watch again. Um, I, if Colin Farrell wins Best Actor, I'm happy for him because he's a great actor. He did a great job. But it, 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 yeah, I don't think it's a movie we're supposed to enjoy, but it's there. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way about that movie as you do. I mean, first of all, it bored me to tears. Oh, I, I laugh plenty, but at the same time, I'm like, waiting around like all right we're not really going to go anywhere more than just this or how many more fingers does brendan have left like it's getting there you know yeah, yeah right uh but i i respect a lot about that movie but it's definitely not something i will ever watch again yeah um all right i hope will is listening to the show because I, i've got one just for him i'm gonna go with the michael bay movie next Ooh, <laughs> all right uh Ambulance Man, the movie. Okay, it's these two brothers that are adopted brothers, um, with Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm not going to try to pronounce the other guy's name. <laughs> um, yeah, you, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen. Say it fast. You can't say it wrong. Yeah, Abdul Mateen. Hey, that'll work. <laughs> Boom. That See, got it. Yeah. Um, but man. The film, it, it's it reminded me a lot of, you know, like Speed. And I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of movies that it, it was similar to. And then even last year, uh, Bullet Train, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the same year. 
but it it's different because it's it features two brothers who they you know served their country together and they grew up together and they are in this life of crime and one of them wants to be in it more than the other and it's the one who doesn't necessarily want to be doing this is always having his brother's back, even though he doesn't agree with him. And man, any, any movie that features brothers is going to hit me in the, in the, in the heart, man, because I mean, I grew up with two brothers and, but this is one of Jake Gyllenhaal's best performances in my opinion. Uh, between that's, this, that's a bold statement. He's got that's, some got some good ones. I would go top five, man. He rocked. Okay, the, like, um, and, and he, like you said, he does have some good ones. He's a, mm-hmm. a phenomenal actor. Um, but I thought he did an excellent job, and Yaha as well, um, for sure. I mean, the, it, but just to see the links that they go to just to protect each other as well, but mm-hmm. also, you know, they're trying to get away from the, the police as well. But, um, and, they're, and they're, and I say it's a manly movie too, also, because my gosh, they're in a freaking ambulance going, you know, 80 yeah. miles an hour, trying, uh-huh. <laughs> trying to perform surgery. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dudes in cars is still in play here. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. nuts. So I had to include that, man. How can I not include a Michael Bay movie in my top no. 10 manly movies? That counts. That counts. All yeah. right. I'll go from one action director to another for you. My number seven is James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water. Um, I don't know if it's anywhere on your list. Um, if we're, we hit a duplicate yet. We don't know if we hit a duplicate. No, for me, it's um, uh, Dad Feels. Like they, the first movie, I know the first movie gets dogged a lot for the whole pocahontas dances with wolves fern gully you know simple story lifted comparisons and you know the colonizer pioneer kind of stuff but now that you're in the sequel and you you stay right on pandora you move up you know to 12 13 years of storyline and you have jake sully as a as a father of two teen boys and and just how he has to train them and address them to understand and survive in their world and the threats that are now there and could always come back um I just really responded to one, the spectacle of the movies on another level, but two, mm-hmm. um, where it got me was, um, was just the, uh, yeah, the dad feels of what Jake Sully and, and Sam Worthington, uh, conveyed to kind of, you know, to put his, you know, get his two sons to a better place and, and, in in the right positions to succeed in for survival, for, to be a man, to be a future leader, to, you know, to represent him and his family, whatever, what, whatnot. I, I loved all those layers, you know, um, I, I'm not a military guy, don't have military parents or anything like that, but I can only, it feels like one of those movies where you hear those sto- kinds of stories from like children of military dads, you know, like, you know, we, I, you know, I was trained more than I was parented and that kind of level to it where I just, I think that layer of the movie uh, is the kind of emotional storytelling that James Cameron kind of does just as good as he does spectacle. He, he takes simple themes like family, which might as well be a Fast and Furious movie. And gets us to enjoy it from blue people made out of CGI. So. That's a that's a, a fair one to bring up, and I'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> okay, got one there. Um, so mine is going to be a you'll appreciate this as a as a Catholic uh, Father Stu. Good good pick, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Netflix movie. You know. 
I am a Reformed Baptist. I could not be further away from Roman Catholic. <laughs> mm-hmm. But man, watching this movie and just seeing the determination that he went through. And I mean, this another true story. True stories I would yeah. give you, man. Absolutely. Um, but what this guy went through when he found out that he, um, I don't know, I won't give you too, too many spoilers, but I mean, he had a hindrance in, in mm-hmm. what he wanted to become a priest. Um, he had a past too before he got there. Um, but, but the hindrance, it was a physical uh, issue that he was having. And he, you know, even though so many people in the clergy were telling him that he needed to stop. And um, I think he actually got kicked out at one point Mm -hmm. um, because of, you know, his issues. And, and it was sad. I mean, it was sad to see because he was really determined that this was what he was called to do. And, but just to see the struggles that he went through and the adversity that he overcame uh, throughout the entire thing, it, it just, Man, it just tugged at my heartstrings to watch it and to see the the redemption part of the film. Yeah, it, it's it's mm-hmm. good. I, I, I love I love a good Mark Wahlberg, and he always he always plays a good boxer, doesn't he? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I normally dog Mark Wahlberg because he plays the same character in every damn movie. He's <laughs> he always the Bostonian tough guy cop, um, yeah. or just Bostonian tough guy. To see him do this part, this was a really nice Mark Wahlberg part. You called Jake Gyllenhaal in ambulance a top five jake performance this is a top three wobber performance for me like you go i I mean i guess you gotta say the fighter um you gotta go the fighter and boogie nights and this you know it shuffle shuffle up how you may uh no as a as a, a fellow failed catholic yeah this this was a really good movie this was on my honorable mention list this is yeah damn good picking damn good picking for sure um number six um huh all right here's um Kind of levity, kind of vainous, kind of um, a, a weird Gonzo-y kind of movie. But um, number six for me is um, the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nicolas Cage, um, where it's just I, I mean, sometimes men are their worst enemies because of the way we can get full of ourselves, or because we can kind of be we can get lost in our jobs or our, our in his case jobs is stardom, but um. Just to see him, you know, try to keep his image up, keep his, you know, keep his virility up, if you want to say it like that. And and then you meet people who, you know, that respect him and remember him for whatever he was and, you know, have expectations about him. At least in Nicholas Cage and Pedro Pascal makes the movie, you know, stirs the drink of the movie to me. But, um, but yeah, to watch that guy, well, in the movie, watch that guy try to get himself right to, in a way adventure movie at the end save his family is is fun but um outside of the movie as a manly movie you know nominee for this particular show um to watch nicholas cage just put himself out there as like you know what i have an image it's probably this and i'm gonna lampoon it and kind of write it for what it is have some honesty about myself and where i'm at and what people think about me and i don't care but this is me and a filmmaker said yeah this is i wrote this kind of for you and made this kind of for you this would be great to show your thing. And I, I, I don't know who else could have had one could have done it. And two would have had a compelling enough you know story to put to a movie like this, like Matt Damon ain't making this movie. Leonardo DiCaprio ain't making this movie. <laughs> um, but a, a, a gonzo guy like cage would, and we buy it. Yeah. 
I, I still I still haven't seen it. Um, Crazy. I, 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 yeah. I want to. I actually own the digital copy. I I got it for cheap. So yeah, I'm gonna watch it eventually. Um, but that's that's a, that seems like a good pick. It's something I'm, yeah. I'm I'm gonna watch here pretty soon. Right now, I'm trying to catch up on stuff for to vote for the first annual. Uh, uh, IFCA awards. <laughs> so. my, my ballot is already in, but I've had a lot of practice. You know, it's like yeah. my sixth ballot this year. I've had to fill out. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure I'm the one who nom- who nominated the Norm Macdonald special as the best. <laughs> as the best. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but anyway, um, my number six is gonna be here. It is it's the Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, long number- time. Uh, yeah. Number three for me. It'll be up later yeah. in my list, too. I'm right there with you. Long time DC Batman fanboy right here, man. And the thing about this film, and, and I'm never, ever going to say that it compares with Nolan's uh, Dark Knight. However, I do appreciate that it, you know, hones into the detective aspect of Batman's character. And he's always been known as the world's greatest, world's greatest detective, you know, in all the comics and everything. And, and you see that in the comics, but you never really saw that on screen. But in this film, you really see his detective skills at work. Mm-hmm. And it's a different side of Batman, but it shows how you don't necessarily have to be a brute who can just beat the crap out of everybody to get what you want. And all mm-hmm. the gadgets, you don't have to have all the, he has the gadgets, yes, but he, the gadgets aren't necessarily what, what he needed in this film. He just needed his brain. Like, so yeah. he, he was using his, his mind, his skills. And that's something that a lot of men need to embrace. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of problems have to be solved using your brain. And yep. in this particular film, he's trying to outsmart the Riddler, like the, the smartest dude out there. Right. So yeah, to, to see this, um, I'm not going to get home, uh, go too much in it. Cause I know you got to talk about it later. Uh, but I'll just say I'm a big Matt Reeves fan. I love the, the planet of the apes movies. Same. Um, huge Batman fan. So I had to include this on the list. I need to watch it again because I watched it in March of last year and movies have been passing it since I've watched it. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like, okay, I got to rewatch this man just to see, just go back and, and see if it, if it lives up. And I'm sure, I'm sure I'll probably like it more when I watch it the second time. So I think so too. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I got talking points. I'll save when I get to number three, when it's there, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have fun talking about it twice. Um, number five for me, I think you'll appreciate cause this is a, I feel like this movie is an, an antiquated thing they would have made in the fifties and forties that you watch. Um, but they made it today of a story of Ben and I, I, I just, I just really, really like it even more. I like it even more than movies higher in this list is, um, I put devotion, um, the, uh, the fighter, the Korean war veteran movie with, uh, Jonathan majors and Glenn Powell and, um, telling that story, the, um, you know, the captain, the, the Brown story is just, um, one, I just like what historical things always are fantastic. Like you said, true stories get me to. Um, this is the kind of movie that as a school teacher, you can put this in front of a social aids classroom and they would get wonderful stories and, and you know, about just um, soldierly brotherhood, you know, um, obviously the racial uh, you know overtones that are in the film. But at the same time, the soldier and sort of country overtones are there. But also, um, I just really respect that, you know, he still 
you know, he's still a father and a, and a husband and he's, you know, he's He goes up there to, you know, to, he just wants to get back to, you know, wife and kid kind of thing. He's that kind of soldier. He's out there for that glory. And, um, fantastic story. I know Top Gun Maverick gets all the kudos in the world for being, um, the, you know, the, obviously the big action movie that it is, but I will, I, I will watch and rank devotion higher than Top Gun Maverick in terms of like a film rating kind of thing where it just, I know I value the, I value the earnest true story more than the, you know, sequel fulfillment fictional fantasy that is Top Gun. Top Gun's amazing. It's higher on this list in a minute here, but uh, yeah, for now, Devotion, super good movie. Yeah, you know, I remember seeing previews, or not necessarily previews, but seeing something saying that that movie was going to be coming out. Um, and I just, I guess I just forgot about it. And I remember thinking, I was like, man, I want to watch this. But then I guess it came out and I just didn't even realize it. Uh, so I'm gonna have to watch that one. <laughs> uh, Paramount Plus, I believe, is where it landed right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, so yeah, I definitely check that one out, man. I think it's one of those things that I I just know you'll love it. Like knowing you, that's that's a move for you. I'm telling you. I'm sure I probably will. <laughs> All right, this next one um, is one that it was released in theaters at like select places internationally uh, but it wasn't really didn't really get didn't get a wide release here but okay. it went it went straight to hbo max and i think it was january or february of last year but it's barry levinson's the survivor i don't know this one tell me more it has uh ben foster and he plays a oh i know which one you mean okay i got yeah. you Peter Scar Peter Sarsgaard's in it as well. Danny DeVito. I mean, it's got a John Leguizamo. I can't say his name. Leguizamo. Yeah, Leguizamo. You got it. Uh, yeah. Remember, but, say it fast. You can't say it wrong. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Ben Foster, he plays this boxer in the um, in concentration camps. He was he was a Jew, and the they basically hired him. I say hired him. I mean, he was a slave, but. They they uh, used him as a boxer to compete against these other you know, boxers all over the place, and like the the Nazis would you know gamble and win money off of him, and so he was like their prized horse, and he would have to fight against other Jews, and a lot of times he'd have to kill other Jews, but he had to do this as part of his survival, right. and man like. <laughs> Talk that's, about, a, that's a hard story. Yeah, that, it's a super hard story, and it, I mean it's a true story as well. Mm -hmm. And but just to see what he has to go through, and a lot of those guys were not going to back down, even though he would tell them to back down. You know, like stay down. Um, but to see him have to do that, had to do that as 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 a survival, and what he went through to try to escape, and and everything. And then to see them, to see him in the streets as, mm -hmm. I mean, as a free man and the way he gets treated as a, a traitor to yeah. his, to his country, to his, uh, religion. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's tough, man. It's a tough one to watch, but man, there yeah. ain't, there's not much more manlier than that though. Like it's yeah. just, it's a survival movie. It's what he had to do and as much as he didn't want to do, he had to do it. And it, man, it's hard. And, and if it's I remember right, 
And if I remember right, that's Foster going like full method, losing the weight too. Like, I mean, he gets down to like 90 pounds or something crazy, right? Like he, he gets low and he gets cut to be a boxer too. So it's, yeah, Foster's, Foster's a super dedicated actor and the stuff he does is always 110%. So no surprise there. Yeah, this dude was Christian Bale level uh, all oh, yeah. on this one, man. Like it yeah. was, it was good. Like, he he did a great job. Um, he I actually, um, I, I think I put him as one of the most uh, um, inspirational performances of the year because he Easily. definitely hit it, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four for me. Um, this is more. Uh, this you know you just gave us some A twenty four hate earlier. This is an A twenty four. I can we well, can make fun of A twenty four. Um, I went weirder. I went with the Northman, um, the Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, uh, Ethan Hawke, um, Viking ish movie from April, and it's just um I know the brutal savagery is kind of front and center more than anything. Where obviously it's a you know more of a you know a very pagan movie about just you know what it means to be a man and a prince and an heir to this and a, and a, you know, um, a cog in the wheel in terms of being a combatant and a warrior, um, your place in terms of these little village based societies. But, but I really appreciated just, um, kind of that central core performance from Alexander Skarsgård about just like, uh, just, um, how tough you have to be. And, and even if you're, you're, I, I just also just that idea of revenge. Unfortunately, we're manly men where, Revenge is a is an easily easy guitar guitar chord to strike in us, and what do you do with that? How would you go? How would you enact that? And I know that takes us men to some evil places, but I think um I think a person can watch that movie and go, um because along the way he does find love to Annie Taylor Joy's character, and and finds a way to kind of you know have have get his revenge you know find come up as the people who deserve it, but at the same time come out of it you know, a better person than just simple bloodlust revenge. And I, the arc there is, is, is worth it. On I, I, now I question it, whether it should be number four on the list, but it was also one of those few five-star movies they gave last year. So um, in terms of movie, the craft of it is off the charts where it's just, you know, you are sucked into that environment, whether locations, shooting, the costumes, the effects, the sound, it, it's, it's, it's just really, really something uh, from a, you know, notable horror director with Robert Eggers. So, um, I was just impressed by the movie and the package of what it is, but then you put the story of like male dominance, male revenge, and just kind of that almost that Oedipus complex of like, what do you do against the father? What do you do against an uncle in your family kind of thing? And it, it hit hard, you know, it's, it's a, it's a harsh one, but it hit hard. Yeah. You know, I, I wish I would have watched that one in theaters because oh, it plays well in the theater. It's just so atmospheric, you know? Yeah, I, I bet because I watched it at home on Peacock when it came when it was released on that. Right, and it's, I checking your watch. I know it. It's slow, yeah. You know. I, I was checking yeah. my watch, and it was. But I mean, I will say this. I mean, l- like you said, as a film, it was a beautiful film. Like it, mm-hmm. I would, like I said, I would have loved to have watched it on the big screen, but I didn't. And so I had to rate it the way I watched it, and it, it didn't do a whole lot for me other than. You know, I, I appreciate the craft. Um, I mean, I can't take anything away from you know Roger Eggers. So yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, it was it, it was it was good. It wasn't wasn't up there for me, but I I, okay. I can understand why as a manly movie. I get it for sure. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, um, I thought about that after I made this list. I was like, man, the Northman probably should have been on there if I liked it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. So, 
Okay, uh, this is the one I mentioned earlier that I just recently watched because I'm trying to watch stuff that's been nominated for the IFCA Awards. Um, and this one, if if I had not been a part of this association, I probably wouldn't have watched it right now. Oh, probably would have right. waited until I could watch it in its format that it's supposed to be, and that's RRR. Mm. Um, I, it's on Netflix, and but mm-hmm. the problem is the Netflix version doesn't have it in the original language. Um, it, it has. It does, it, but you got to dig. Yeah. Well, it's in Hindi, mm-hmm. but it, even that's dubbed. Like it's not. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's not the original language. Um, so to me, if I have to watch a dubbed Hindi movie where the the lips aren't matching, I'm just going to watch it in English <laughs> because. There's no yeah, point. Like, I understand if, that, I, that point, if yes. I'm still having to read subtitles, um, and and, and the, mm-hmm. the words don't match the thing, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch English. So yeah. that's the way I did it, and because the the inflections on the Hindi wasn't any better than it was on the English version, so mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me. Um, I would I would have if I didn't have to vote for this, I probably would have waited until I could watch it in the original language, mm-hmm. but. You know, three hour movie. Let's just get it, knock it That's out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, uh, yeah. But man, dude, I'm glad I did. I'm so glad I did. I just watched it yesterday. Okay. It, my gosh, it blew. It's something, isn't it? <sighs> dude. it? It's it's on this list for me. Just a lot higher than where it is right now. So yeah, I'll we'll come back. Yeah. But you tell your thing. Go ahead. Well, my thing. It. What did it do for you? It. When I first started watching it, um, it kind of felt like it was a little bit out there and crazy, kind of like you know uh, everything everywhere all at once was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which you know, say what you will about that, but I, so I kind of felt like okay, this is this is getting a little little weird for me. But then I started realizing, you know what? I watch superhero movies all the time. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. why can't Bollywood make a quote unquote superhero uh, right fresh movie fresh superhero movie that isn't based mm-hmm. off of any comic books or anything but that's that's when I started watching it as a superhero movie because I know the stuff that these guys were doing was could never happen no, no. but because these these are two historical figures that never met but yeah. if the this director is like kind of doing fan fiction of like what if these two revolutionaries from about the same time period who never met what if they did and what would happen yeah. and uh-huh. let's blow it up from there and it's amazing like that yeah oh yeah so it just it blew up and, and these two guys they kind of became you know closer than brothers and it, you end up you realize you know one of them well I'm not gonna give away mm-hmm. too much but I think you find out very early on that you know one of them is working for the government and. Yep. Um, but he's a straight up bad MF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that, that um, police station fight scene that you introduce oh, him at. Oh, it's man. incredible. That is nuts. Yeah. Uh, but then they end up having to fight each other and mm-hmm. and but it's it's a three hour well, yeah, it's over three hours. It's three hours, yeah. And it's got so many, you know, twists and turns throughout the plot and it's just it, it, I love every single minute of it mm-hmm. and by the end i'm like i'm I'm wired you know like i just watched a three-hour yep. movie and i'm like uh, I'm, I'm i'm up for another three hours because it's just so freaking intense yeah um 
yeah, I, I was I was a fan. And as a manly movie, it's mm-hmm. just all about fighting for the cause that you um, set out to do from the beginning. Right. And one of these guys set out long, long, long time ago, mm-hmm. and, and he had this long game that he was playing, and he had his eyes on the prize. But then he became friends with this guy, and it kind of changed mm-hmm. things a little bit. Yeah, um, and so he had to, you know, realize he he had to make a choice whether he's going to follow through with his original plan or if he's going to help this guy out. And mm-hmm. so it's cool, man. <laughs> oh yeah, there's so much Dude, there, so much we'll going come, on there, man. I'll let you. We'll, we'll you can come back. Yeah, to it in a we'll minute. come back. We'll come back. Yeah. Um, well, we'll circle back to one thing because my number three is the Batman. Yep. And um, the scene that clinches it for me as a manly thing is um, I like this uh, same thing. I really try not to compare it with Nolan and whatnot. Um, it's uh, to me, it's easy. Again, we I put the blinders on and I go in. Let let it be its own thing. Simple as that. Um, and as its own thing, yeah, to have a young Batman second year Kai trying to figure it out. Um, I like that. Um, and a lot of people call this movie dark and bleak, but um, I see by the end of it, it sold me on the potential of what that character was always meant to be. And it's that scene at the end where um, it's the scene in the end with the stadium rescue. Um, and mm-hmm. just like when um, the, the, you know, when the kid comes to him, you know, and reaches out for his, you know, reaches as the kid from the funeral, like reaches out for Batman's help. And, and for everyone who knows the Batman story, like he was a kid who reached out for help, found Jim Gordon, whatnot. And so for, to have that parallel come to him as a young hero and be like, Hey, I could do this being a fighter, but I can do this being a hero instead. And just how that, like him saving the people on the roof of the stadium at the end, like that elevated, like it was manly already to watch probably one, like you said, the the best detective depiction of Batman we've seen, arguably the best Bruce Wayne depiction of Batman we've seen. Uh, Christian Bale obviously takes it to some layers and shows a lot of Bruce before Batman or uh, along the way. But, um, Robert Pattinson took it to a nice place and showed you like the man behind the mask in a lot of places. Um, but yeah, that, that, that elevation and discovery of a hero at the end um, was that just that, just that big beacon at the end of the movie that just lifted it higher than just being a CD detective movie. We're like, wow, he could, he could be this. And it was, th- and, that, and then that's what we all have loved about Batman is like, for as much as he kicks ass, he's still this ideal too. And he can, it's a, it's a rough ideal. It's not the best ideal. It's a, it's, um, not everyone's going to agree with that ideal, but like at the end of the day, he can be a symbol as much as he is a fighter. And I love that about that, that, that approach to Batman that was done by Matt Reeves. So. Agreed. Yeah. Obviously, What's your number? Yeah. My number I know you're three. there. My number three. Okay. This was the first movie that I got to experience. Well, I had one in college too, but that was a long time ago. Uh, but I actually got to experience kind of what it's like to get a, a screener sent to my email Ooh. before the be- before the movie came out. Oh, I have a couch um, full over here, my friend. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Someday. It's all coming. Uh, yeah. So it was Adam Sandler's Hustle. There you go. And it's just about a week or two before it came out on Netflix. And... Man, this movie, like it mm-hmm. just, and you know, I, I, I said, you know, Sandler might be one of, if not the most talented man in Hollywood. Like he shows that side of him, you know, just like with uh, uncut gems and 
with Punch Drunk Love and even some of his like other even some of his comedy, like you see that right. drama come out in stuff like, you know, Spanglish and stuff like that too. So mm. I mean, but in this film you see him as as a father figure to someone who's not his kid, but he's looking out for him like he is. Like like a good he's not even the coach, but he's like he's a recruiter. Mm-hmm. But right. he 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 sees this guy and he he invests in him and he basically puts all of his eggs into this one guy to get him to the NBA, um, and you see what he does for him and his family, his mom, and everything, and just to see that side of Sandler and that that father figure, um, kind of the coach guy and. and I've said before, I coached my daughter in basketball um, and in softball, and I'm going to coach my son when he starts playing too. Um, but that's – I'm a coach, I'm a dad, and I understand what it's like to want to pour everything into a certain player that you see mm. potential in. Um and, and and it's not necessarily my daughter. You know, like I, it, right. obviously I'm, put, I'm pouring everything into her too. But, you know, you kind of get drawn to these kids and mm-hmm. you want to teach them everything that you know and that you want to be their advocate and do everything you can for them. And just to see him nurture this guy and the relationship that, that builds between them, those two, it just, oh, man, it hits me hard mm-hmm. as a dad, as a, as a, as a coach, uh, as a man. I did. I it. loved it. Loved it. Nice pick. You, nice you, pick. Did you watch that one? I, 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 as a long time Adam Sandler hater, I've, I haven't watched it yet. I fully admit I haven't watched it yet. I know that makes me a bad person because I should give him another chance, but I haven't. Uh, someday I will. Um, I have full faith that he can. I just, I'm being a jerk where I could just, yep, I'm just, I don't know. He's, he's burned me. He's like in my Shyamalan. He's burned too many bridges with me where I'm just not, I don't, it's not a boycott. It's not a cancel culture thing. I'm just like, no, not my, he normally isn't my cup of tea, and I'm just off that. I have other things I can do with my time. So I will get there. I will get there. I will get there. I will get there. Um, gotcha. My number we're number two, huh? Number two. Um, mm-hmm. My number two is Top Gun Maverick. Um, Just because, come on, it's Top Gun. I mean, it's mainly already, you know, fighter jets, fast things, you know, old school hero that we all love. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Tom Cruise kid in the 80s where that, that, was, that was a movie star. That was a hero to me. He still is. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of his movies. He, he's he's that guy where I'm. I'm not saying he doesn't make a bad movie, but he's I I give him large passes on many things where I just really like what he does. I like how like just he can do things other guys can't. And uh, the creation and in, in production of this movie to go out there in real jets, put nine hour hours of flight time and footage into into a two hour movie is incredible. Um, but then you have this arc of um, I don't want to say he's like a godfather, but you kind of have that like you know substitute father figure that he had always that he felt he had to play for his departed partner's son uh played miles teller in the movie with rooster and obviously you have the manliness that is the you know the machismo to be a fighter pilot to be to put yourself out there but also know that um and i think this movie does a great job uh compared to the first one in terms of like those stakes of like hey sometimes when you get in that jet you never know if you're going to come back you know especially if you have this crazy mission you've got coming at you um, but you, but you, by the time you layer that in with age, uh, with, with where Val Kilmer is, with where Tom Cruise is, um, there's just a lot there to really just 
enjoy and respect about where these characters have been. I think it would be really easy for this movie to just be an absolute sweaty macho fest. But the fact that it still has, you know, tangible, good, mature, wise feels, I'm just really impressed. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's keep talking about Top Gun for a minute uh, because that's my number two as well. (laughs) Hey, we had one match. I knew it. Okay, good. We had one exact match. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I want to back up too because I I rewatched the first Top Gun before uh, going into it because it's been a few years since I had watched it. Um, and you know when I watched this in my twenties, and even before my twenties, I watched it. I, mean, I was probably a teenager when I first watched it, but you know I watched it in my, as a teenager in my twenties. You know I'm a big fan of Maverick, and I think that mm-hmm. Iceman is a complete jerk, right? Right. But watching it as an adult, <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, Iceman was the real dude here, and and Maverick mm-hmm. was just a kid trying to be a hothead, you know, like it was right. just like, it's true, yeah. So, man, it, it changes things watching it as an adult, and then to see Iceman in this film, mm-hmm. in the state that he's in, mm-hmm. uh, the Val Kilmer, the state that Val Kilmer's in, um, right? It's huh, man, it's sad. And yeah. to see that relationship and, and, and his rank and the way he has to communicate with Maverick and and, and how they can still bust each other's chops, even mm-hmm. with, with his issues that he has uh, physically, um, man, that, that's just that's just a cool – it's a manly thing. Like we said, like these dudes just busting each other's chops yeah. uh, no matter how old they are and what their situation is. Um, and, and sorry, what? Well, I got a question for you. Um, we had, Will and I had this discussion about the first Top Gun and we kind of stemmed it into the second Top Gun. Do you believe in the whole labeling that's out there of like a dad movie? Do you, do you go there? Is there stuff that is like made just for middle-aged men? Well, I mean, not necessarily. Cause I think most people like this movie, I think a lot of people can watch this and enjoy it. Like my mother-in-law, Same here. My, yeah. my, my mother and father-in-law, they saw this movie in theaters and they both loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went with a friend and she, it was, it was two dudes, two dads going to watch it. But mm-hmm. I mean, we got different things out of it than a, than a woman's right. going to get. Um, I, I still call things a dad movie just because, you know, dads are really going to get something out of this. Yeah. Even though it can, you know, everybody can still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I just do feel special like special stuff in it for dads. Yeah, no, I, I nothing wrong with a movie having special stuff for dads, but I definitely am trying to be the person that doesn't pigeonhole a movie where the only people who are going to get something out of it are dads. Like, like you said, a movie like this that probably is going to get labeled a dad movie at some point, I think that has appeal. I think that, like you said, there's appeal there to audiences that are more than just men and straight white men, whatever we're supposed to call a dad movie. So, no, 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 I'm with you. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Him as a as a godfather, like you said, to to Rooster, and the, the, the big and by the way, the John Hamm character in this movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you need that but, boss somewhere to be like, dudes, come on, you gotta, yeah. you gotta have that yeah, for sure. Um, but one thing about this film that's different from the previous is you see him, you see the love interest between him and Jennifer Conley. Mm-hmm. And him finally in his fifties or however however old he is in this movie. Um I know he's in his sixties in real life, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Now, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit sixty. Um but 
to see him finally realizing, okay, I've got to settle down and be act my age, and mm-hmm. this is the perfect woman for me to do it with it, for me to do this with. And I love her daughter. I love being yeah. in her life. And so it just it's 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 a it's very close to a perfect movie. <laughs> I don't feel like it's, it's, um, no, even that layer too, like it'd be really easy in different hands to have that be just another bed a nice looking woman, tumble in the sheets kind of character. But it's meant to be and you see it with Connolly's performance and the way that she'll match up with Cruz, where it's just a nice performance of like yeah, where where the adult where the adult ideals are in both those characters and how they meet romantically, you know, and how that's not just straight to horn dog stuff. And I I super do appreciate that that part of the movie, and I hope I think other audiences have as well. I mean, it's a huge hit. So yeah, yeah, number I mean, one, huh? Are we there? Uh, that's my number two. Yeah, now we're at number one. Yeah, but my number one is my number one is RRR. You know, yeah. um, yeah, I I I I'm spoiled to have been able to see this movie on the big screen. I'm spoiled to be able to talk to the director of this movie. Um, nice. I'm spo- spoiled to watch it in its native language and whatever, whatever, not it was the, and I'm not, you know me, I'm not a hyperbole guy, but um, this was probably cause I, um, it, it screened at a, at a classic theater here in Chicago and it was um packed full house director in the house doing Q and a and stuff like that. And I got to meet him earlier in the week on a zoom call, but um. So there was this packed house crowd of like just knowing film goers. So you had half the crowd knew the movie, half the crowd probably half the crowd was people that were brought there by people who knew the movie. Like, dude, you're gonna love this. Promise you, you're gonna love it. Three hours in any movie, no way. No, 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 no. You're gonna love it. Trust me. Stay here. And it was the most raucous theater experience I've had in my life because it was like every beat, every moment of heroism of passion, of romance, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that people would just cheer and light the movie up, dance in the aisles. It was mm-hmm. nuts. Um, and to, and you get to the intermission, they put it in, they had a built-in intermission um, right after the uh, imprisoning part uh, where um, the whip scene, which is amazing. Oh, um, man, yeah. But right after that part where everyone's in prison, they do a break for an intermission. And I was there with fellow, you know, I was there with fellow film critics, and I was there with obviously a huge, massive amount of public. But um, another fellow film critic was there who never seen it, and he said, and just heard from everybody, like, "Man, you gotta see it." And this was kind of his chance to see because it, it was a big screen. And he's like, he was just floored, and to watch a grown man, sixty years old, floored by something he would normally never watch, was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, and kind of like you, everybody who I who I see see it, or who I recommend to see it, they've all come back and go, "Don, man." That was the real deal. That was everything. That was everything I've ever wanted in a movie. Action, visual effects, romance, heroism, um, lovers, you know, just uh, um, heart, passion, all of it. It's just, I. it's a special, special movie that I have not seen be matched by anything in a long, long time in terms of just total package. And then as a manly movie thing, oh my gosh, like you talked about it earlier, we're going to talk about it now again, where just you have two characters who just have ideals. Um, have have cores about them that have to make choices, have to make difficult choices, even when they don't realize they're pursuing each other. But when they do, can they put that aside? But at the same time, can you come back? And oh man, and to put all that on the in in the to take all that and then transport it to the place of patriotism where it is meant to be from and where it comes from and how it matters there. Like when you talk to the people who 
know these two characters and from folktale sense of things and now to be thrown into an action movie. It, it, just how much these characters matter. And for them to matter over there and then to have them matter from just a movie going audience here, oh, it's just special. It's just special. And they're going to dance. And you know, I know that it's going to be a song and dance at the Oscars where I know it's going to be like minstrels performing for the for the white people, but I, I don't care. Let them win best song let them get up there and have their moment i can't wait if it, if that shows up in the oscar stage like kids who waited for adina mazel to show up to watch to sing the frozen song that's all i want to watch in this year's oscars just show me not to not and i'm there i'm out I'm turning the movie off at, turning the show off when it's done <laughs> yeah you know i i remember seeing a certain someone posting about it um being one of the worst movie one of the worst songs in the golden globes ah. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I, that certain someone, uh huh, <laughs> that certain someone, that guy, that guy's a jerk, <laughs> doesn't get it. The the one who yeah. hasn't even seen the movie, by the way. Um, oh, that's come on. Yeah, so I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I after after watching, I was a little skeptical because oh, totally know, same. When, when I watched it, I was like, okay, is this song really going to be that great? Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! I I want it to win too, just because uh-huh. like. Here, here's what's funny um i started you know i never watch any movie hardly anymore in one sitting it's when i'm watching it at home especially yeah. a three-hour movie this so one I too for me like i saw i like i saw it on netflix in may and i i sat through it i endured it like all right that was really something but then to see it again in october months later after it built on it and then of course in a communal place just blew it off the door so yeah so i started watching it the night before last and I fell asleep pretty early um, because mm-hmm. I woke up during that song mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. because it woke me up because it was so loud. And yeah. I, was, I said, oh, is this Natu Natu? And I just rewound it and I watched it. And I was like, dude, this is kind of dope. And I like, and I didn't even know the context at the, at the, at the, at that right. point uh, at how it got there. And so, but I watched that scene just because I was already there. I was like, okay, I want to back this up to where I was, to wherever I fell asleep, and I'm going to finish mm-hmm. this tomorrow. So I did, and then watching it in its context, man, oh, dude, it's just yeah, oh, it's so yeah. good, so good. I mean, that song, that song is pure energy. I think the better song and bigger moment, it like not that that moment's not huge, but um, the song he sings to his people while getting whipped mm-hmm. on the stand, oh my gosh, just the. He just he's there singing while getting his ass handed to him. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, just whew. I mean, yeah. there's 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 not two not two, and then there's that, and there's so many. When you think they can't keep getting you, or they can't keep adding passion to the movie, you get to that second half where, like, like you said, you see the long game of the Ram character, like all the way back to his father and his uncle. One bullet and a gun is all you oh. need. Aim, shoot, you know, all of that Man. stuff, like. They just keep finding layers to just make it huge. And then by the end, and you're you're running through the woods, they're saving each other. There's just so much. And yeah, you're rightfully exhausted after the movie, but you're exhausted from an exhilarating experience. And how often do we have that? How often are we, at the end of something that big and that long, go back and measure it the way we do, other than like, how many forgettable movie experiences do we have that maybe still exhaust us? Like, like, like ambulance. Like, we're we're there for the ride. We exhale when we're done, but we're kind of done. Then you get a movie like RRR where it just you're just blown away and you're it, it lasts afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
and that there's one scene in particular of the whole uh load aim shoot that mm. like mm, man, yeah just yeah. just brought me to tears to see it it's, happen oh, uh, that movie has not, it all yep, it's so ha- good has everything yeah everything you'd ever want mm-hmm. okay well i'm going to move on to another uh common one here and that all is right. one you mentioned earlier that is avatar the way of the water number one i'm impressed good call this is um this is the third year in a row that i've uh my favorite movie has come after the year i, I watched this in january so uh, okay um, i was a little late on it for other people um but it's also the third year in a row that my favorite movie of the year ended up being about a, a family survival movie <laughs> because you know last year it was uh belfast and the year before that it was mm-hmm. greenland oh um good picks okay yeah so obviously you know what what, what i'm into right <laughs> um but this film though first of all just as a movie going experience on imax 3d oh yep that beautiful blue water the cinematography the the fight sequences everything that's going on is just amazing to watch mm-hmm. like one uh, oh gosh it's it's one yeah. of one of one of the best movies i've seen in theaters and you know i i remember watching the first one in theaters and i remember being blown away by the 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 effects and everything mm-hmm. and i watched it again for the first time since 2009 you know right before i watched this and it didn't didn't quite do it for me like it did before okay. Um, and so I was, I was a little skeptical going into it. I was like, oh man, I hope this is better. <laughs> Dude, uh-huh. completely blew me away. Like it, I, I liked it head and shoulders above the first one. Um, and it's just because the, the, the whole world building aspect of this is mm-hmm. him living in this world with his wife, with his kids and trying to survive. They have to end up having to uproot his family and take them into a, another place and to live in the water or basically to be in the water most of the time a lot Mm -hmm. of the time and learn how to learn how to adapt in that new lifestyle and that new environment and to to see what the kids kind of go through the kids kind of get picked on a little bit for Mm -hmm. for being different for being land people or whatever and uh, we see that we see kids getting bullied and yeah in everyday life and so to see that happen in another world with basically like aliens or whatever you want to call them um it's it's pretty it's it hits it hits you as as a as a as a dad as a a person and and, you know everybody grew up um everybody has seen bullies and it happens Uh, but to see that and to see what they did to um to stand up for themselves and what the kids did to survive and, and, and to see the bullying that kind of went a little bit too far. Um, but to see some good that came out of it, that ended up helping them in the end. I'm not going to give away too much people. You got to watch this movie. It's still playing. It's still yeah. at your local theater. I promise you. <laughs> um, yeah. It, but, but the biggest thing is the dad doing everything he absolutely posit, po- 
possibly can to nurture and protect and build up and train his family, his kids to to survive, to um, to grow, you know, as human beings, as 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 men, and just what he does, um, because they're after him, but his kid, his wife and kids get 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 uh stuck in that wake too. So right, it's it's a uh, man. It's just it's it's hard to watch, but it's also very easy to watch because the 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 last hour that mm. that non-stop action fight scene underwater yeah. a lot of it for a oh, lot of yeah. it is freaking insane like you talking we talking about RRR. i mean it has like a I lot of action mm-hmm. moments too but this is like a solid hour of <laughs> oh yeah of of a battle right and it is just awesome man like and manly movies man that's that's the, that's the good stuff right Mm-hmm. Um, these but, are good lists, man. We did good. It's all about him protecting his family as a dad, and so it just it hits me in in all the right spots. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just uh, I, I'm I'm excited for the future of that franchise. Really, Same. after watching that, so uh, yeah, I'm I look forward to it. Yeah, just um, just keep the world building going. Um, I know people gonna give him crap, like like I said earlier, with like simple themes applied to complicated places, but like. And but people will go back and be like, well, it's just simple themes. I'm like, we're like this movie was the Fast and Furious movie. This family, you know, like you know, um, <laughs> but you know what? Like you do it right with the right world building. Simple themes work, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Where James Cameron, once you get com- like, if you already have a complicated setting, which that place is, with all of the spectacle that's out there, um, if you were to have complicated setting plus complicated dynamics and theatrics, yeah, you're gonna lose people. But like to take to find simple themes at the cores of something complicated. That's all you need to do, James Cameron. And he'll just keep doing that. And we're, I'm there. Same right there yep. with you. I'm done for sure. Yeah. Just keep on doing it. All right. So did you have any, what honorable mentions that didn't get uh sure. I'll throw a couple, I'll throw a couple out there. Um, I'll do one. Um, kind of like two of them are kind of obscure, small. Well, one I'll echo from you earlier. Father Stu easily should have made, probably shouldn't made my list, but um, solid, it's not Oliver Mitchell for me. Um, another is an Oscar nominee. It's an, uh, I guess it counts as an animated film. Um, and even though the character is voiced by a woman, it's still kind of a manly movie because like you're still kind of isolated, but you have family. It's uh, Marcel the Shovel. She was on. And, um, you know, that's I know it's not that it didn't make top 10 manly movies, but um, the ideals there of like, you know, what do you, you know, companionship, you know, you lose a grandmother in the film, you know, where do you find your people? I admired that. It was real sweet. Um, two other little movies. I'm going deep here where it's more, you know, little VOD things people maybe haven't seen, but um, there's a good military movie out there called, um, I think you'd dig it. It's called Foxhole. And it's, um, mm. I mentioned it on Aaron White show where we did kind of hidden gems of the year last year. And um, it's a movie about that shows the same actors, kind of a, you know, kind of the same five, six actors in an ensemble. They show them as different characters in three different wars. They do Civil War, World War One, and then the War on Terror in Afghanistan. And each of them play different kind of... The same actors will play different characters in all three time periods, and the movie's broken into thirds. But kind of those ideals, again, of like, um, you know, being stuck in this isolated place because they're all in a quote-unquote foxhole. They're all pinned down. Um, and what, what those men have to do to figure it out, 
protect each other? Is there a coward in the midst? Like, there's always a, always one. So kind of like soldier dynamics, I was really impressed with there. Um, James LaGrosse is kind of the one name actor in that movie. And then a real tiny movie, I have to promote some romance because romance is manly too, is um, there's a tiny super underseen VOD film called The Time Capsule. And um, it's about a, uh, a gubernatorial candidate who kind of flames out in his campaign, decides to, and it's set in the not too distant future, set like 20 years from now. And um, he kind of takes his tail, tucks his tail between his legs, goes to his old family vacation home where he used to be, and he runs into his old girlfriend. But here's the twist, because it's called the time capsule. His old girlfriend has been gone for 20 years on an interplanetary mission to colonize another world. It didn't work, and they flew her back. So she was in stasis the whole time. She still looks as 19 as the day she left. He's 38. You know, it's been 20 years. So he sees the love of his life, that the one that got away, so to speak. And he's married. He's a you know respectable congressman. And he's having these feelings again about seeing this, seeing his old girl again. But no, what I like about it is that how it's, again, in different hands, that would be a, a horn dog thing of like, oh, this just wish for someone to bet a younger woman. No, he goes uh, he connects with her of where she used to be and sees a lot of what he used to be in where they used to be so it says like hey, where have i where have i taken my life in these 20 years and how i could i ever get back to that and i just really respect it uh just a nice sweet earnest movie and not a lot of those come a long time and a decent male character a decent male character a decent male politician character that you don't see a lot so yeah those would be some of my honorable mentions what what made your list well, I've got six of them, and, and it's funny because you can I can I can group them all into groups of two because okay. they're, they're they're very similar. Uh, the first two would be um, they're actually both of these are from are on Netflix, and they're both about assassins. Uh, one of them's called The Man from Toronto, and the other one is Bullet Train. Okay. Um, the Man from Toronto is uh, Kevin Hart, Woody Harrelson, Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, love her. I've <laughs> loved her ever since Big Bang Theory and then mm-hmm. everything she's done ever since then, man. Um, but it's the Kevin Kevin Hart's character gets mixed up with Woody Harris's character, who's the assassin, but he gets mistaken for him and, and he tries to act like he's this assassin guy, even though he's never met him and doesn't know who he is, and so, but it's Kevin Hart and it's freaking hilarious. Uh, and then you know Woody Harrelson comes in and realizes, uh, and that's when he realizes who, who he is and everything. And but it's just it's not a, a it's not a great movie by by any stretch. Yeah. But as a manly movie, it's cool to watch. He's he's a it's a hitman movie about this like the assassin with and it's just a fun watch. It's it's very enjoyable. Um, and to see these two guys, one of them being a stone cold killer and the other one just being a regular man, you know, like a, a, a just kind of a, he's really kind of a screw up really. Like he's, 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 he's kind of down on his luck in a lot of cases. I think he's had some issues with his jobs and everything. Um, but to see them kind of team up as a duo to, to fight people that are trying to kill both of them. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to watch. Um, other one, Bullet Train. I think you've seen this one. Uh, I have. David Leach. Uh, it's one of those moving vehicle movies where you, there's a lot of action going on. Um, but I just it, there's something about it, and I, and I can't really put my finger on it. But I just I love 
Well, first of all, I I love the whole insane and unrealistic shoot 'em up crime that takes place on a fast moving vehicle subgenre. Um, <laughs> also, see Speed, Snowpiercer, Ambulance, and Emergency, and the Fast and Furious franchise. But <laughs> it's still it's still Brad Pitt, man, and mm-hmm. he's he's such an infectious guy. Joey King, uh, you know, love or hate her, a lot of, a lot of people. Don't don't really care for. Her. I mean, she's. I, I think she's done some good stuff, um, and she's kind of a young up and comer. Mm-hmm. But for real, like the um, the kicker for me was uh, the, tan- the the characters of Lemon and Tangerine, the two yeah. brothers, Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, and Oscar nominee Brian Tyler Tyree Henry. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Those <coughs> those two guys, man, they took the cake for me. Their relationship, they're just hilarious. The whole time, and but they're all like just some stone cold killers, man. Mm-hmm. It's like just mm-hmm. straight up, you know. Uh, yeah, so I it's it's a it's a cool watch, and to see the way it plays out with the mafia or the the white death, right. which is Michael Shannon's. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a lot. There's a lot going on with it, this film. It's almost an overpacked movie where like. Like it just on their own. Like you could probably watch a movie. You could probably watch a ninety minute movie of just Brad Pitt, or you know, orbiting and doing what he's doing. You probably watch a ninety minute movie of the Lemon and Tangerine just busting each other's balls. You know, like but to pack them all in one movie was a lot. Yeah, fun yeah. one, fun movie though. Yeah, 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 it's definitely definitely a fun one. All right, my next group is going to be my sci fi uh, group, and that's all right. Um, another uh who who another man who is uh no stranger to the manly movie concept that's mr roland emmerich uh oh, all right <laughs> i don't know man i, I guess I've because se- i watch huh i haven't seen moon i'm guessing it's moonfall right yeah 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 i haven't seen it yet yeah you haven't you're seen a, it you're no but you're a greenland guy so i already know you're gonna love it so yeah yeah, yeah for sure uh, i saw this one in theaters this was okay um one of the first ones i watched in theaters last year yeah. And okay, the concept is a little hokey. Um a little cons- <laughs> c- conspiracy theorists, you know, the the moon is a structure that's man made, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um but he uh, yeah, Patrick Wilson and he kinda comes into uh in in association with this group of people who, you know, have this theory about the moon and you know, there's something going on with the world. Um, and so it's basically him and this other guy, Casey, who's like the main, <clears throat> I think he's like a podcast host, I think, um, mm-hmm. who, who has the main advocate for this moon theory. And so the two of them have to go with Halle Berry, have to go and basically save the universe from the moon, like burning everything. Um, it's It's interesting. It's, it's funny, but like, it seems like something that's kind of like a dumb movie. But when you watch it, it's actually really complex. Um, the way that it's described and and the way that the the moon is working when they get there, and I don't know, it's just something that's definitely something to ponder about. It's like, well, you know, what if you know, what if it was like this? I know it's mm-hmm. not, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's kind of cool to think about. Um, but then. What really hit me though is the the KC's character. It, there's a scene with him in it that just kind of really just 
yeah, it hits me hard. Um, it's it's worth watching, especially if you have enjoyed Emmerich in the past. I know a lot of people have crapped on this movie. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but it's a, but it's a fun movie, right. and it's it's Roland Emmerich doing the the biggest Roland Emmerich movie ever. <laughs> um, so I, I enjoyed it. It's it's worth a watch in my opinion. I I actually I bought it and I'm probably going to watch it again sooner than later. Uh, but my, my other sci-fi movie is, uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Okay. Um, that's a good I, pick for manly movie. I, I see where you're going there. Yeah. Cause that's and, fathers and sons and legacy. And then obviously protective, you know, protective brother to his sister. You have all the, the male dynamics of like, uh, bad past current futures. And obviously the sci-fi stuff in there too. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah, I mean, it has everything. It has everything in there as far as relationships goes, from 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 men, and um, just having to fight off this, whatever you want to call it, uh, the monster, alien, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, it's it's really cool, man. Like, in in the his character, I, I was a little bit thrown off because he he. He seemed like he was never really comfortable on a horse, but then I found out there's a reason for that because he got thrown off during the show, during the right. shooting, and it like messed him up. So he like there's a reason why he wasn't comfortable because he wasn't comfortable. Um, but um, but no, it's it's a really cool movie, and like it's not, in my opinion, it's not as his first two movies in my to me were more him. I guess I'll say there's not as much social commentary with this movie as his first two. True. True. Um, very true. Very true. This is him setting out to make it just a really good and deep sci-fi movie. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no, we, not, a, like, not a thing wrong. I mean, I, I, Independence Day. I, like, come on. Yeah, right? <laughs> sure. No, but like, um, but I feel like you're right that people, because he made two very polarizing, uh, you know, fire branded issue driven movies, the first two, especially the first one. Um, mm-hmm. that people like expect like well now every time he makes a movie it has to mean something and you could make meaningful movies that don't have to have those meanings in it like just make a darn good movie and you can tell he's channeling some Carpenter some Spielberg and like he's going out to and it still has enough heady things going on there with like yeah the, the, the past dynamics the whole like child show death chimpanzee thing like there's there's enough <laughs> there's enough thought pieces there to go along with the monster that you got enough there. there yeah. He packs his movies tied with plenty of things. So just because they don't have the, the hot button things doesn't mean they're not full enough. I'm mm-hmm. with you for sure. All right. So my, my last two group is going to be on a superhero movies. Um, I've oh, got no. Yeah. I've, which okay. two, which I two? Can't, I can't, it's not, it's not, maybe not what you're thinking. Maybe I don't know. I hope I'm so. sorry. Let's find out. I can't do a manly movie list. Without including The Rock and Stallone, I can't do okay. it. I, I can't One do out it, of two, man. I'll follow you with. Yeah, yeah. Samaritan uh, is darn good. I'm with it, you. It is, man. Like it's, uh, and it's it's getting a lot of hate for real. I mean, it, it is people. It, it, and yeah, I can kind of halfway understand it, but just this post-apocalyptic world that they built in this uh, straight to uh, Amazon Prime movie. 
it's it's beautiful to look at. Like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm like I cannot believe this was yeah. directly to, to Amazon Prime. This should have been on the on the big screen. It, it would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but but that character that Stallone plays in this film, uh, and I'm a, I'm a huge long time Stallone fan. Uh, I grew up watching the Rocky and Rambo movies, so I'm just uh, anything that he's in, I'm like I'm there. Um, but his character in this is it's interesting because he I, I'd never heard of this superhero before. Like I know there's comics that have ever been out there, um, but he basically plays a a god living among. Uh, men and but he's just he's old and he's hiding out um, he's trying to live a normal life and he kind of gets kind of gets sucked back and there's like there's there's a nice little twist in this film uh, really good twist darn very, good twist very very good twist that i i that really just sold it for me um so yeah i, I, I was a, a fan of this i Right I'm, I'm you. glad you were too because not many people no, are. yeah just the um i like steen sloan um so often we see the big action heroes like like Dwayne Johnson, like the Rock, like Tom Cruise, not really play their age. And here's Sylvester Stallone, seventy whatever, playing seventy whatever, like playing a old mentor figure kind of spot where they're not trying to young him up, you know, and, and they just play that with that kind of frankness. And yeah, Stallone did a nice job there, real nice job. Yeah, but now I got to hear about... you talk about Black Adam. Great. Well, but, I mean, the people are talking about like. Uh, how bad Stallone looks. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's supposed to look bad. He's seventy something years old. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we would all look bad. Look like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, all right, uh, we. I, I I wish I looked that good when I'm his age. I'm, I'm saying, come on now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you want to hear me talk about Black Adam? I don't, but I'm here, and it's your show. Well, okay. It's I'll honorable mention. Keep it easy. It's honorable mention. I'll, I'll go easy on yeah, it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, this film, I, it's in a long line of anti-hero movies. You know, starting with the the Clint Eastwood's uh, Sergio Leone trilogy, um, the the Man with No Name, mm-hmm. the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I mean, and and you go through all those that that had this quote-unquote anti-hero figure i mean more modern people like deadpool and right uh, you could say catwoman to a certain extent um but i just i really I'm, I'm drawn to those kinds of characters because i mean come on man how many people are like clark kent or steve rogers in the world right you know like true Everybody, that's why I'm more drawn to Tony Stark's character because he's kind of a bad guy, <laughs> but he, but he's yeah. also a good guy. So yeah, um, but yeah, to me, this film is like a in in this modern era is a really cool uh, picture uh, of the antihero. And what's cool, what's funny about it is it shows a scene where they're watching the good, the bad, and the ugly, which mm-hmm. is the quintessential antihero film. Um, and, and it dawned on me as I'm watching this, that it's kind of a good representation of the people in this film in that, um, you know, Carter can, the rest of the justice, you know, society, you know, they're the good, obviously they're the ones who are stand for justice at, at all and, and 
you know, solid good, like as I said, the Steve Rogers mm-hmm. and, and the, the Cal Ells of the world. Um, and but you know, let's forget about the fact that they're sent there by Amanda Waller, who's actually the baddest of all the baddies in the history of mankind. Like, seriously, she's the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but sorry, Viola Davis knocks it out of the park every time she does. Always, it. man, yeah. man, that character is horrible. I hate, I like, oh, that's. That's that's a bad woman, <laughs> but anyway, and then you know Sabak and the inner gang, you know they're the bad. Uh, they represent polar opposites of each other, you know. And then you got uh, Teth Adam coming in, and he's the ugly. He's the one who is there to get things done at all costs, and he doesn't have a code that he lives by, like the mm-hmm. Justice Society does, and he's not evil like like the bat like you know Sabak and them are but he is going to do what he feels is right and he's going to accomplish that goal whatever it costs and and, and as dirty as he has to be to do it he's going to get it done and those are the kind of people that I'm more drawn to because I'm I can kind of say that I'm kind of that guy at times, you know, like that's, that's like, you know, there's good and there's bad, but you, you want to do, uh, what you feel is right. And you really don't care, um, how you do it and, and and who gets stepped on in the process. Um, I don't know that I, I, I'm drawn to stuff like that and there's a lot of meaning behind it and, and, yeah, to see stuff like the good and the bad and the ugly played in the background of the movie, just they got you. It, okay, it, yeah, it, yeah. I, I love seeing see, layers like that. So yeah, you're you're an antihero guy. I'm a Steve Rogers, Clark Kent kind of guy. Give me the <laughs> true. I'm a true blue. I need I need those you know Americana values kind of guy. I admit I'm a softie. Hey. This is good though, man. We got nice lists. Oh yeah, very nice list, and just a shade under two hours too. How about that? Yeah, that's all right. Um, I mean, it's a lot of movies to talk about. Well, yeah, twenty two was a big year. Apparently, apparently it was a big year for manly movies. So, (laughs) I think every year has them. That's what that's the fun part about doing this. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm probably gonna do this every year. So, I'm thinking maybe next year I might do like a a voting uh, with everybody who's been on the show before. Good call. Let everybody nominate and do do like a yeah an award show. But anyway. Uh, before we leave, why don't you just, uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you and then, you know, talk a little bit more about your show that I still sure. haven't come on yet, but I'm going to eventually. Ah, we got, that's, it's more my fault than anything. We got, we just got to make the time and we're too busy teachers. No, um, the show he's talking about is, um, I am the co-host of the Cinephile Hissy Fit podcast. We are brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. Film Obsessive is where I publish and do my movie reviews on at the critic credential Rotten Tomatoes level. Um, my own site is everymoviehaslesson.com. Um, you can find me on social media, pretty much searching my name or the handle Casablanca Don. That'll be there on Twitter. That'll be there on TikTok. I'm trying to kind of dabble my hand in that sort of thing. But um, yeah, um, JB and I float on Circulate in the Feeling Film podcast uh, uh, group in terms of that Facebook side of things, which we really enjoy. And uh, yeah, Come debate with us, have fun with us, challenge us, and we're down for it. Always down for a challenge. 
And as always, you can get me on uh, Letterboxd at just JB Huffman, and then Twitter at ManlyMovies1, and then Facebook.com slash ManlyMovies. And if you haven't yet, um, go on and uh, give us a five-star review and uh, write a little something nice on there for me because that really helps grow the show. And if you want to uh, support us financially, I do have a PayPal. It should be in the show notes there. Uh, check that out if you, I mean, you want to pitch in a dollar or two here and there. I mean, I'd appreciate it. This is a free show, but, you know, I'll take your donations just to make it better. So, anyway, uh, thanks for coming on, Don. It was it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. You get to talk about some new movies for once. Uh, That's right. I don't right. do a whole lot of new movies on this show. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, thank fun. you, sir, very much. But till next time, just brothers, you got to remember in every single situation, no matter what you're going through, you've got to man up. <laughs>